All right, guys, I'm not going to waste any time because I know Pastor Eric and a lot of you guys at this point know that he's just family. So Pastor Eric Love, uh, a good friend of, of ours in this house and of mine, and uh, this week as uh, we had lunch on Monday and then again last night, we got our wives to join us for, for dinner. And just talking about the kingdom, you know, and talking about God's love, um, but specifically the power of spiritual warfare in a season like this. And he, he spurred me. You know, how many knows you, you need good friends sometimes, I'll be honest with you, that they're not just going to pat you on the back and, you know, give you the, it'll be okay, you know. But sometimes you need friends like I have and like we have and Pastor Eric that'll speak directly into your situation. And it shifted me this week. And I hope and pray and I believe in faith that what he has to share with you today will shift your heart as well. So join me this morning as you're seated and high-fiving those around you, or air high-fives or whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, join me in welcoming Pastor Eric Love. A big pathway welcome to Pastor Eric. Hallelujah. Listen, can you keep playing? Can you just keep playing that? That was real good. And, and I, I, know he, I know he allowed y'all to be seated, but will y'all stand up just one more time? And just, just keep playing. I don't know if they, they cut you off. I want to keep playing. Listen, that, that song, that last song that was sang was so powerful. That was such a blessing. Just the words of that song ministered to me so much. Just a blessing for our family and our children and their children and their children. That was such a blessing that God's all around us and He's protecting us and he's within us. I just thought that was that was such a such an amazing song. And I'm like, Pastor Mark, I wish that song could have gone on and on and on, man. I was ready to get my shout on. That was that was amazing. It was such a beautiful song. But what I want us to do right now is I just want us to connect with God in prayer. I want you just to take a few moments right there where you are. And maybe you you rushed over here and you got up out of bed and you got up off the couch. You said, oh, it's almost 11. I've got to run the church. And maybe you rushed over here. And maybe you didn't have a chance to connect with God. And I want us to do that before before I give you this word. I want you just connect with God. So as he plays and turn up a little bit, man. Yeah, you sound, yeah, you sound wonderful. Will you just take a few moments and just connect with God? Will you forget about who's around you? Forget about who's on the seat with you? Forget about who's in here? And will you make it just personal between you and God? Will you pray that this service be powerful, that it be impactful? Will you pray that? Will you pray that God's anointing will move in this house? Will you do that now? Will you just pray? Glory to God, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost already. Will you pray in this building? Will you pray right now? Will you pray that walls will come down? Will you pray it now? Will you pray it now? Will you pray against anything that may hinder this service? Will you pray that now? Will you ask God to move in this place like he's never moved before? Will you do that right now? Will you pray for somebody who maybe is watching online, who's somebody who's hurting but they're watching, maybe somebody who's sick who's watching, maybe somebody who's in a hospital room or an ICU and they're listening to this service right now? Will you pray for them right now? Will you do that? Will you wage war right now in the spirit? Will you ask God to move? Will you ask God to move mountains? And Will you ask God to open doors? Maybe there's somebody in your family that you need to pray for right now and you ask God, God destroy every stronghold, break every fetter that's holding them in their lives. Will you pray for them now in the name of Jesus? Come on, I need you to connect with heaven. I need you to connect with heaven. Those of you who understand the importance of connecting, the importance of prayer, I need you to connect right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ask God to move by his spirit. We want the presence of God to manifest in every service. We want his presence to manifest in this service because we 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We want freedom of worship. We want freedom to praise Him. We want freedom to give Him glory. And we say, God, whatever, God, have your way. Will somebody, will about 90 of you pray that God have your way in this service today? Have your way in my heart. Have your way in my life. And like Pastor Mark said, we lay down everything that we come in with, everything that, every agenda, every thought, every burden, we lay it at your feet today. And we're here just to receive from you. God, prepare our hearts to receive your word. Prepare our hearts to receive divine revelation from you. And so, Father, we thank you. Now, will you pray for the speaker this morning? Will you lift up the speaker? And God, we pray that you speak through him. God, we pray that you would send your word with clarity, with authority, with conviction. Father, your people need to hear a word from you. Come on, I need you to connect with heaven now. Now, will you do me a favor? And will you pray for everybody on your row? Every person that's, that's on the row beside you, will you look at them and will you speak the blessing over them and say you are blessed and you are highly favored? I speak the blessing of God over your life. Everything on this row is blessed. Glory to God. Every debt is canceled on this row in the name of Jesus. Every person on this row is healed in the name of Jesus. We draw the bloodline around every individual and we say the blood repels the enemy and causes him to flee in the name of Jesus. Now if you believe it by faith, will you put those blessed hands together and will you give God some praise in this place? Give God some praise in this place. Give God some praise in this place. Oh, heaven can't hear you yet. I said, heaven can't hear you yet. Come on, heaven can't hear you yet. Open up your mouth. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, O ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his course with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name because the lord is good the lord is has god been good to anybody besides me in this place has he been good oh you ought to act like he's been good oh you ought to worship like he's been good hallelujah glory to god will you look at somebody and tell them we didn't come to have quiet church today tell them we didn't come we didn't come to have quiet church today we want some noisy church we want the devil to know that we are alive and well we want the devil to know there's fire in the house of god amen glory to god come on put those hands together one more time and bless the lord glory to god glory to god you may be seated in the presence of the almighty god y'all i'm excited I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about what God is doing. I hope you are excited as I am. Yeah, I, we, we call it, there's an African-American colloquialism. We call it lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we lit for the Lord. So, so it's good to see all of your smiling faces. Uh, I told them in the first service, I am a pathway people now because I'm family. Amen. Amen. I, I've got the t-shirt for real. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see all of you here today. Good to see a portion of my church on purpose family. Will y'all give them a hand? Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Good to see my main man, Echo, hanging out with us. Amen. Uh, this is uh, the Rogers family. Good to see them. And this is my beautiful bride. Will you stand up, Trina? Stand up. Yeah, stand up. Wave, everybody. That's my beautiful bride. It's good to see you, girl. <laughs> Amen. Y'all, I'm, I'm, again, I'm excited. Will y'all help me celebrate uh, Pastor Marty? Help me celebrate him. I'm sure he's watching. Pastor Marty, we love you. Yeah, and we're praying. We're praying. We're praying for you. And uh, thank God for Pastor Mark and Elena being such gracious hosts. Y'all did a great job. And y'all, he bought me some food last night. Yeah. 
He's like, you want to go to dinner? So you buying? He said, yes, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, so thank God for him. Thank God for all of you, your being here. I believe that God is doing something special in this season. I really do. In the midst of all the turmoil, all the things that, that we wrestle with in our society, things that were happening in our nation, I believe that God is setting us up for something amazing. I just believe that. I believe there's a time coming when um, the church... The church is going to be filled with people who are ready to receive something from the Lord. I believe that with my whole heart. I believe that there's a harvest that God is preparing for the church. But watch this. But, but, but not only is God preparing the, 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 the harvest for the church, God has prepared the church for the harvest. So, so there, there, there's some things that God has to do uh, in the life of the church to get us ready for the thing that God is getting ready to do in us and with us and through us. Amen. There, there, there's still some work. How many of you agree that, that the church at large still has a lot of work to do? How many of you would agree with that? Amen. So we still have a, have a lot of work to do. Now watch this. Now you, if, if you raise your hand, you've got to know that you raise your hand not for someone else. That you raise your hand for yourself. Because, because we are the church. Because even without the building, we can still have church. Yeah, the building is just a place where the church meets. Glory to God. We are the ecclesia. We are the church. We are the chosen ones of God. We, that's, that's, who, that's who we are. Uh, the Spirit of God lives, lives in us. The Spirit of God lives in us. And I believe God wants to do something special. Um, as I was praying and considering what I would share today, there was a message that God gave me that uh, I want to share with you. If you will, with, with your electronic device or Bible, if you have it, um, go to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. I like the book of Acts because the Acts was written by a man by the name of Luke, a physician by the name of Luke. And Luke was very uh, descriptive in his, in his uh, recording of the accounts that happened in his day. I, I like Luke because um, um, Luke, Luke got to the details. He, 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 he was more of a of a, a writer of humanity. He looked, at, he looked at God from a human aspect. Luke did a great job in the book of Acts because Luke takes the accounts of people who took the Great Commission seriously and people who acted out in their faith. They walked their faith out. And I think that's what God is requiring the church uh, of the church today for us to start walking or acting out our faith. That's what he's requiring. Now, this is an amazing story. If you've never read Acts chapter 12, I encourage you to take some time and read it. Um, I'm only going to read one verse, and so we'll read one verse, and I'll give you some little hints about what's happening in the story for those of you uh, who've never read it. Those of you who have, you, you already know uh, where we are in this story. Acts chapter 12, verse number 5 is where we jump in. Acts chapter 12, verse number 5. The New King James Version reads like this. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer. Underline that in your Bible if you haven't already. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Peter was in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, the power of a praying church. The power of of a praying church. Prayer is a kingdom activity. Prayer is not an option. Prayer is a responsibility. 
Prayer is the most powerful tool and or weapon that we have in our arsenal against the enemy. But unfortunately, prayer is oftentimes the least utilized weapon or tool that we use. Unfortunately, and, and oftentimes um, we, we kind of glaze over prayer because we don't understand our authority. See, Satan, Satan doesn't, he doesn't care if you pray as long as you don't pray using your authority. Um, when, when God made man, God made man out of the dust. He made man out of dirt. The, the word human, the word human, H-U-M-A-N, the word human is actually two words into one word. The word human, um, it's, its prefix is the word humus, H-U-M-U-S. And the word humus simply means dirt. It is humus man, humus man. The word man in the Hebrew is the word ish, I-S-H, which means spirit. So the word human or humus man means, means spirit that lives in dirt so regardless of where you came from we're all just dirt we're light-skinned dirt dark-skinned dirt skinny dirt fluffy dirt <laughs> the reality is, is that we're all just dirt you you you, you are not you are not a human with a spirit living in you. You are a spirit with a body around you. Glory to God. Your body is the most important thing in this earth because it is your body that gives you authority. Without your body, you no longer have authority. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And what we're going to do is we're going to give man dominion. The word dominion in the Hebrew is the word rada. So we're going to give man exclusive power to rule or to govern in the world. So our body is what gives us authority. That's why Satan is working to find bodies that he can use that makes him legal here in the earth. That, that, that's why when Jesus, when Jesus ran up against the, the Gershon demonic, uh, uh, when, when he was ran, ran against a legion of demons, you know what they said? When, when he said, they said, uh, 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 why are you coming to us before the time? Here's what they said. They said, don't cast us out unless you cast us into another body. They knew Jesus wasn't going to cast him into another person. So they said, cast us into the herd of swine. Because we have to have a body in order to be legal. That, that's why when a person dies and their, their spirit separates from the body, we see where the body goes, but now the spirit is here illegally. So the spirit has to go either to heaven or go, into, go to hell because it's illegal here without a body. Maybe that explains it. Maybe that's why God had to find a body. Maybe that's why God had to find a body in Jesus so that God could be legal here on this earth. Hmm. Wow. Ooh, that's good. Y'all got to know good preaching when you hear it now. So God gave authority to humus. Man, he gave, he gave authority to human. He gave authority to bags of dirt with spirit in it. Just in case somebody on your road is a little bougie, look at him and say, you've got some dirt too. Just look at him. <laughs> We're all just dirt, dirty dirt. So 
Satan, he doesn't care about you praying as long as you don't understand your authority. Satan doesn't want you to understand that you have authority because he understands that prayer is the only weapon that God gives us to push back the forces of darkness. Glory to God. There's power when you pray. I remember a story about this, this, uh, this little village. Um, there was a drought in this village. It hadn't rained in a couple of months, and all the crop were drying up. And so the, the spiritual leaders in the city, they called the other spiritual leaders together. They said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet in the town square, and I need you to bring whatever religious symbol that you have because we're going to pray to God for some rain. So that day they showed up, they all brought religious symbols, they brought Bibles and crosses, and some people brought, you know, different other artifacts that have been given to them, passed down generation. They brought all of these religious symbols, and they came to the town square, and they prayed and prayed for days and days, and there was still no rain. Those little boy saw the, the leaders of the, this community, saw them out there praying, and he asked his mom, he says, Mom, can I go pray? She said, well, we have to ask one of the pastors, one of the priests, can, can you go pray? So the little boy went and asked, he says, can I go pray? And the priest says, well, son, if you think it'll do any good, we've just, we've just kind of given up on it. The little boy went out to the same place in the town square. This little boy started praying. Within moments, it started to rain. All the religious leaders turned and they looked. They saw the little boy standing in the center of town. They said, wait a minute. That little boy, he's praying. So they, they come out and they, they go and it's raining and everybody's excited. They go to the little boy and they said, son, what are you doing? He says, I'm praying for rain. They said, they said wow. They said, what religious symbol did you use? Did you use the Bible? Did you use a cross? Did you tear a page out of the Bible? Was that a certain scripture? Was that a certain something you said? What religious symbol did you use? He said, my religious symbol was this little umbrella. He said, y'all came praying for rain, but I came expecting rain. Because he understood his authority in prayer. See, see, Satan don't mind you praying as long as you don't understand the authority that you have in the earth realm. God has given you some authority when you pray. You have the power to push back heaven and you have the power to awaken heaven and push back the forces of darkness when you pray. The problem is, is that Satan fights us in the area of prayer. We're not praying. But, but I thank God for this story. This is an amazing story because in this story, we see the power of prayer that happens in the story. We see, right, watch this, check this out. Herod decides that he's going to start antagonizing the church. And, and if, if you are a church that's on an upward trend, you need to know that Satan is mad at you. If you are a church that's building and God is doing some things and the, the anointing is on the church and people are being saved and people are joining the church, you need to know that there is a war that's going on. Satan is very strategic. Satan is not haphazard. He's very, he's very thought out and he's very planned. Satan learned military strategy from heaven. He learned it from God. That's where he got it from. So Satan is a military strategist, and you need to know that if you're growing, if you, if you are making an impact in the kingdom, that Satan has a strategy to tear you down. 
I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Y'all got to make me feel like I'm at home. Now, y'all got to say amen or shout or holler something, say ouch or something. <laughs> Herod decides I'm going to attack the church because the church in the book of Acts is growing. There being 3,000 being added daily. People are joining the church. And so Herod says, we've got to stop this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you know that that same spirit is in the world today trying to stop the church from moving, trying to stop the church from going forward? That same spirit is in the world today trying to stop the church. Glory to God. Maybe it's not a pathway. Maybe it's just on church on purpose. Glory to God. <laughs> but Herod decides, I'm going to stop the church. He had already killed James. Satan had, whenever you say, whenever you see in scripture, the Bible says that a person is, has been killed by the sword. That means that they got their head cut, cut off. That's how they killed by the sword. That's how the Jews did it. They would just take your head off. So, so James, James had had his head beheaded and now they have taken Peter into custody because Herod saw that it pleased the Jews to kill James. He was like, well, yeah, y'all happy about that? He said, yeah, we're excited about that. You just killed a man. That was, that was weird. But, but they said, Peter's next. So they get Peter, and Peter is next to be beheaded. Peter is next to be killed. But then something happens. Verse number, verse number, um, verse number four. Verse number four says, and when he had seized Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers, of four each, to guard him, purposing that after the Passover to bring him forth to the people. Here's my first point. Here's my first point. My first point is God will often delay so you can pray. You've got to know that some delays are, are strategically placed in your life by God to give you some, ta- some time to pray. Hallelujah. So you know what that means? That means that, that when you're on your, on your way to work and the train cuts you off, that gives you some time Gives you some time to pray. Hallelujah. For when you take your corona test and it hadn't come back yet. Gives you some time to pray. Oftentimes God will allow uh, divine delays in your life to give you some time to pray. You remember in Daniel chapter 10, don't you? In Daniel chapter 10, the Bible says that, that Daniel was praying because Daniel needed a word from God. And, and watch this. The Bible says that Daniel prayed for 21 days straight. Woo! That boy was serious. He, was, he prayed for 21 days straight. Watch this. And he was praying, wondering why the answer hadn't showed up yet. But he kept on praying. He continued to pray. And watch this. 21 days later, Gabriel shows up. Gabriel shows up. And Gabriel's like, woo, man. Woo, dude, I'm here now. Daniel was like, man, what took you so long, bro? He's like, he's like, yo, he's like, when, man, when, when you started praying, I was dispatched. The day you started praying, I got my orders. So I was on my way to your crib. But then I got caught up. The prince of Persia withstood me. And kept me from coming to you. Glory to God. But because you kept praying, because your prayer kept hitting the desk of God, God said, wait a minute. Why am I getting the same email from Daniel? I'm preaching good in this house today. Why 
why am I, why am I still getting the same email? I, I sent Gabriel a couple of days ago. Why am I getting the same email? Watch this. Because Daniel continued to pray. God said, hey, Mike, Mike, come here. Michael shows up, says, Mike, Daniel keeps sending me the same email. I sent Gabe a couple of days ago, and nothing's happened. Go check on Gabe. Woo! So then Mike goes and fights in Gabe's place. For freeze Gabe up, Gabe goes to Daniel and says, man, you're not going to believe this. Watch this. Because you kept praying. Because you kept bombarding heaven. Because you kept that request alive before God. God didn't realize that something was wrong. And God sent some help. God sent some reinforcement. And that's why you've got to keep praying. God sends divine. Sometimes God will delay so you can pray. You do know that Jonah's fish was simply a delay to give Jonah the opportunity. <laughs> Woo, that's good. Some of y'all, so y'all, y'all got that revelation. Because if, 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 if they'd have thrown Jonah overboard and Jonah was in the sea by himself, he only lasts maybe a few hours before he drowned. But what God did, God said, I need to give this fool some time to think. <laughs> so we're going to provide a fish, put him in the belly of the fish. Jonah thought he was dead. But he kept waking up. He kept hearing the fish burp. Jonah realized that he wasn't dead. And on the third day, <laughs> I believe Jonah got hung in that fish. But then he prayed. He prayed a prayer of repentance to God. The fish shot him back up on land. And watch this. Jonah, what should have been a three-day journey, Jonah made in 24 hours running. That dude was getting it. You hear me? But sometimes God will allow delays to give you time to pray. So if a thing isn't working as fast as you thought it would work, if the, if the building project isn't going the way you think it should go, many times God will allow delays to give us time to pray. The problem is when a delay happens, we start complaining instead of praying. We didn't get the news that we thought. God allows delays in our lives. Thank God that Herod said, Herod said, we're going to wait until after the Passover and then we'll kill Peter. And it was just that, it was just that, just that couple of days of delay that gave the church a chance to pray. So, so not only does God, will God allow delays so you can pray, but look at verse number five. Verse number five says, then Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Bring me to my second point. When Peter was in prison, the church was in prayer because the church understood that in order for Peter to be loose, we, we, we can't fight this battle naturally. We've got to fight this thing in the spirit. Are y'all hearing this? So God is saying to the church that the church, we've got to stop fighting with words. We've got to stop fighting with people. 
Because the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't wrestle against people. We wrestle against principalities, spiritual wickedness, darkness in high places. That's where the fight is. So the church decided, let's take the fight where we know we can win. We may not be able to win in the courtroom, but we can win in the heavens. We may not be able to win in the streets, but we can win in the heavens. So we take the fight to where we know we can win. The church decided that while Peter was in prison, instead of us going to heaven, we're going to go to God. Glory to God. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to in here. So instead of going to Herod and pleading with Herod, we're going to plead. Instead of going to the king, we're going to go to the king of kings. We're going to go to the Lord. Of Lord. In other words, in other words, we're going to go another pay grade above Herod's pay grade. We're going to go to where, where the real change happens. So they decided they were going to pray. So while Peter was in prison, the church decided to come together and pray. What would the church, what, what power could the church manifest if everybody in the church prayed about the same thing at the same time for the entire church set aside their own agendas set aside their own private problems private issues and the church decided we're going to pray for one thing and we're going to we're going to be strategic in our prayer we're going to come together and we're going to believe god for one thing this is what we're going to believe god for now here's the danger the danger is oftentimes we we come up with something and we ask god to bless what we come up with and that's a danger because, because we read the scripture that says that God will give you the desires of your heart. And oftentimes we interpret that to say, whatever my heart desires, that's what God's going to give me. Now, how many of you like me can say, there were some things my heart desired I didn't need? Hello, somebody. <laughs> I, heard, I heard the worship pastor talking about Bluebell. Sometimes you, your heart desires bluebell, then you show up at the store and it's on sale. You say, look at God. <laughs> God gave me my heart desire. No, he didn't. <laughs> what God really means is, I will give your heart what to desire. I will tell your heart what to desire, and then when you desire the thing that I placed in your heart, that's the thing I'll do for you. He says, if you ask anything according to my will, that's what I'll do. Glory to God. Ooh, this is good preaching today. Y'all getting this for free. So when Peter was in prison, the church decided to pray because prayer pushes back the kingdom of darkness. Look at verse number six. We're going to walk through this text. Look at verse number six. Verse number six says, and when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains, not the rapper, <laughs> bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Herod was about to bring him out. Watch this. James had just been beheaded. He'd just been killed. Peter now is in chains. 
He's got one chain on this arm, and he's shackled to a soldier. Another chain on this arm, shackled to another soldier. Two soldiers in the cell with him, making sure that he doesn't do anything he shouldn't, uh, making sure he doesn't, he doesn't leave, making sure he doesn't break out. And then there's also guards outside the door. James just been beheaded. He's in a prison, bound by two guards. He knows that he's the next one in line to be killed, and he takes a nap. I don't know about you, but if my friend just got his head cut off and you tell me I'm next, I'm in prison between two guards, the last thing that I'm going to be thinking about doing is taking a nap. Peter goes to sleep. How do you sleep when you're about to get your head taken off? How do you take a nap when you know that you are about to die? How do you do it? Well, that brings me to my third point. Prayer will give you peace in the midst of your problem. Oh, y'all got it already. <laughs> Prayer will give you peace in the midst of your problem. Sometimes people have a misinterpretation of peace. Many people think that peace is the absence of problems. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of power to get you through the problem. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, people with umbrellas, don't worry about rain. Ooh, that was good. If you don't have an umbrella, you're trying to find all types of stuff. You're trying to find a Walmart bag to put on your head. You're trying to find something to put on your shoes. You're trying to figure it out. But a person with an umbrella, they've got peace when the storm comes. So peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of power to get you through the problem. Because the church was praying, Peter was able to have peace. So some of you spend too much time worrying. You don't have any peace because you don't, you don't have a prayer life. Because when you're praying, prayer gives you peace. God said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Those whose minds are stayed on me. My big mama used to say it like this. She said, the peace that I have, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. The church of God should be operating in so much peace that people are looking at us saying, how are y'all smiling in the midst of a pandemic? How are y'all still, I saw y'all worshiping. How are y'all still worshiping when we don't know if we should send our kids back to school or not? How are y'all doing? You know why? Because we have the peace of God. We have the peace of God. So if you're in this room, and maybe that's you, maybe you're worried about what to do. Your reason you're worried is because you don't have a word from God yet. You haven't prayed enough. Maybe your Gabriel is being impeded by the Prince of Persia. And your angel 
hadn't shown up yet. Maybe you need to pray some more to say, okay, God, what do you want us to do? Do we send little Johnny back to school or do we homeschool? What do you want us to do? And you wait on the peace of God. Stop trying to figure stuff out. Look at me, Pathway. Stop, stop trying to figure everything out and just go to God in prayer and say, God, what do you want me to do? God, I'm not going to move until you give me the word. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You've got power in prayer. Prayer gives you peace that passes understand. When I first, when I was coming over here today and I was a little bit nervous, and my wife says, you okay? And I said, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. And she said, she said, why? And I said, I don't know. And she said, let me pray for you. Oh. <laughs> when she prayed for me, all of a sudden, peace. Peace came over me. And I said, God, thank you for your peace. If, if you have to, maybe, maybe you're ready for surgery and you're nervous and you're afraid. Pray that God gives you peace because you do know that he shall be called wonderful counselor. Woo! Mighty God. Everlasting Father. What else? Prince. Woo! Glory to God. He's called the Prince of Peace. Don't let your spirit be troubled. That's what they say at the funerals. What they say, let not your heart be troubled. Y'all thought it was a funeral scripture. <laughs> Don't let your heart be troubled. This is not a time where the church should be in panic. This is a time where the church should be focused. This is a time because the, the people the people in the world don't know where to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I, may, may I make a parenthetical digression and say something here? Can I say something here? Uh, listen, God is really setting the church up to be the beacon of light in the world. Because people don't know where to look. People are hopeless. They don't know where to look. They don't know where to go. Thank God for Fauci. But he's human. Thank God for the people in Congress, people in the White House, but they're human. We don't know where to look. Watch this. But you, you, you may have heard it. One day they say, wear masks. Then they tell you, masks don't work. <laughs> they tell you, wear surgical masks. Then they say, well, those don't work. Then they say, put a coffee filter in them. Now the coffee filter don't work. And you're saying, okay, God, what, what in the world? Use hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. You got to have the right kind of hand sanitizer. <laughs> All this crazy stuff. Stay six feet. Just don't spit on anybody. <laughs> the world's going crazy. We don't know where to look. We don't know where to go. But God does. God is trying to set the church up. That the church can be that beacon of light in this dark world. Thank you for that one little clap. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'll, yeah. S send me an invoice. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is that the church is not praying. So we're just as loopy as the world. We don't know what to do either because we're not praying, because we're not accessing the power that God's given us.
Here's what God said. He said, he said, you, you've made the church a den of thieves, but my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's what God is saying. That when God looks at the church, God says the church should be called the house where people are praying. We see it in Acts chapter 12 that the church was praying. They were praying for Peter. Peter was able to go to sleep. If, if you're having problems sleeping, have the church to pray for you. That prayer line, that text prayer line that you guys take for granted. See how quiet it gets? That's how I know when I'm in the, that's how I know echo when I'm in the right vein. We quiet like that. We see the prayer line. We see it. It's up on the screen every week. How many of us really take advantage of it? Don't raise your hand. Keep your hand down if you know what I'm talking about. See there? But that's what God is calling us to. God's calling the church back to prayer. So prayer will give you peace in the midst of your problem. Maybe, maybe that's why Stephen was able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How do you have that much peace when somebody's hitting you in the side of the head with boulders? Big rocks. And you're able to have peace. Maybe... Maybe that's why Paul and Silas, when they had just been beaten almost to death, thrown in the jail at Philippi, maybe that's why they were able to pray and sing songs. Because they had a peace that surpassed understanding. Maybe that's what it was. So I'm saying to those of you in this room, if, if you have areas in your life where, where you don't have peace, it's only because you don't have prayer in that area. Because the absence of peace can mean the absence of prayer. Oh, y'all better get that. That's a good tattoo for somebody. Look at verse number seven. Verse number seven. Verse number seven says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Not only did Peter have peace, but now he's there. He's in prison. He's chained to two soldiers. He's taking a nap. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. Dun, 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 dun. I heard that wasn't Superman angel. That was a, yeah, that was a different kind of angel. <laughs> <laughs> but the angel angel of the Lord shows up in the prison where did the angel come from angel shows up in the prison just poof <laughs> that, that was a magic dragon that was, that was yeah I don't know what's going on that side that's got a Marvel comic side over there I guess I don't know what's happening on that side. <laughs> Y'all hush. I'm saying that. <laughs> but this angel shows up. An angel from heaven shows up. Do you know why the angel was there? Because they were praying. They were asking God. God sent an angel to set him free. The angel comes. So, so watch this. Num number four, 
prayer gives heaven permission to intervene on your behalf. Glory to God. Did you know that prayer gives you access to heaven? It gives you access to the authority in heaven. It gives you access to resources that the world has never heard of. That there are some things you have access to in heaven just by prayer. Prayer is the key that unlocks the door to everything that you need in this life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to die and get to heaven to experience heaven. I want a portion of heaven right here on this earth. Hallelujah. So I need heaven to come. God said, let my will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven and prayer is the key that unlocks the door to making those things manifest in your life here on this earth. They prayed. Angel shows up. There's angels all around us. All the, I hope y'all believe in angels because the Bible does. The, matter of fact, the Bible says, be careful how you entertain strangers. So y'all better be careful how you treat me. <laughs> I may be an angel, buddy. Be careful how you entertain strangers because some of you have entertained angels unaware. That's what the Bible says. So, so there are angels who are ready to, to, do, to go to warfare on your behalf. The problem is, is that we're not praying. We don't pray to angels. We pray for angels. Are y'all hearing that? We don't, we don't worship angels. Angels work for God. And, and when angels work for God, that means that angels are released to work for us. Here's what God said. God said, I will give my angels charge over you to protect you in all of your ways unless you dash your foot against the stone. That's what God said. Thank God for angels. Do you know that angels are watching you all the time? You, listen, look at me, Pathway. Do you remember when you were young and stupid? I got one hand up. <laughs> Do you remember how, how many times you could have killed yourself if it had not been for angels? You stood up on the top of the ladder. Your wife was looking at you saying, baby, I think you're, you're harsh, honey. I'm going to be all right. Thank God for the angels that was there. Do you know that there are angels taking care of your children? Some of your kids are terrorists. <laughs> Don't believe me? Ask that preschool teacher. Angels are there making sure that your kids come back home. If your kids make it back from daycare, they still smile and you say, Lord, thank you that you protected the teachers from my child. But think of all the times, think of all the time you were driving and you were tired and you kind of dozed off. You know how long you were asleep? <laughs> and you, you wake up and your car still in the middle of the road <laughs> and you didn't tell the person that was on the cell phone. <laughs> you, didn't tell, <laughs> you didn't tell them you just went to sleep. <laughs> It was God that had angels keeping that car in the middle of the road while you were driving. Never, ever underestimate the influence of angels in your life. Angel shows up in the prison. He's there, wakes 
Peter up and says, Peter, get up, man. Gird yourself. Put on your clothes. We're about to get out of here. In other words, if I can use African-American colloquialism, we finna roll, dog. That's right, Clyde. <laughs> so he gets up. Now watch this. Here's a part of the scripture that we oftentimes miss. We oftentimes miss this part. That he's there. His chains fell off. His chains fell off. His chains fell off. His chains fell off. But the people that was trying to keep him in bondage. Their chains were still on. See, when you pray, oftentimes God will set you free, but the people that were trying to hold you back, they will still be in bondage. Here's the principle. Never be the person that's trying to hold somebody else back. Because God will set them free and you'll still be in bondage. That's why you have to forgive because unforgiveness keeps you in bondage. God has set them free and you'll still be in chains. Peter gets up. The angel's walking now. And I like the way the story reads. It says that as they were walking through certain wards in the prison, said that the doors started to open on their own accord. I like, I like that part. I really like that part. You know, I tell them in my church sometimes, I, I, talk about, I talk about the Walmart blessing. I tell them I have a Walmart anointing. They said a Walmart anointing? What in the world is a Walmart anointing? I tell them I'm so powerful. I'm so anointed that every time I walk to Walmart, doors just open out of my way. How powerful I am. My very presence causes doors to open. Oh, you better keep hanging around me because my presence causes doors to open. In order for the door to open, you've got to be willing to make some steps toward the door. Many people, doors are not opening for you because you're not willing to make the step to get close enough to the door to cause your presence to open the door. My wife and I, we've got, we've got five granddaughters yeah, I told him in the first service, I found the, the fountain of youth. That's why I look so young. We have five granddaughters. And so we were in Florida with my oldest granddaughter, and we went to one of those big box stores, and I, I, we got out the car, and I, her name is Joy. I said, Joy, watch this. She said, she said, what, Papa? I said, just watch this. Watch what happened when I get to this door. I got to the door. I said, Open. The door said, shh. She said, Papa, you got powers. I said, don't you forget it. You tell your little boyfriend I have powers too. (laughs) 
doors started to open. Why did doors open? Because the church was praying. Peter never would have gotten out of prison had the church not been praying. Because the church was praying, Peter was able to walk out. Peter gets out. When he gets to the outside of the prison, he gets there. The Bible says that, that he kind of comes out of this. He thought he was dreaming. He wakes up and realizes that, man, that was, I, man, I'm out. Like, that was really an angel. Like, God was really with me. I, and so, so Peter goes to the, to the house where the church was praying. He gets to the house, he knocks on the door, he knocks on the door, and uh, there was a little girl named Rhoda, and Rhoda was worshiping, and I'm sure she was praying, and she heard knock on the door, and Rhoda kind of looks back, and, and she goes to open, goes to the door, and she says, who is it? He says, it's Peter. She said, who? He says, it's Peter. And she was, ah, she runs back, she said, y'all, uh, listen, listen, Peter's outside, they was praying, oh, we praying for Peter. They said, no, y'all can stop now, Peter's outside, oh, we're hush girl, we're praying for Peter. You know what they said? They said, they said, Rhoda is crazy. They said, Rhoda, she's out of her mind. We got to pray for Rhoda next. She said, no, I'm not crazy. Peter's at the front door, but, but she was so excited that she forgot to open the door. I started to title this sermon, Rhoda, Rhoda ain't crazy. Peter's at the door. She gets somebody. They come. They open the door. Peter walks in. Can you imagine now what's happening in that room? When people are on their faces, crying out to God, and they're praying for Peter. They're praying for his release. They're praying for God to do something supernatural. And they said, tap him on the shoulder, and we're praying for Peter to be released. They said, he is. We're praying for Peter. Peter, we got, no, 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 he's, he's, he's out. No, we're praying for Peter. No, Peter's in prison. No, no, he's, Peter. Can you imagine the celebration that must have happened in that room to see the manifestation of what they've been praying for? show up in that room? Can you imagine what it did to their faith? Can you imagine how their faith grew to another level? How they realize now that as long as we can come together and we can pray and be focused in prayer, then we can move heaven. We can open doors in our prayers. We can cause shackles to fall off if we pray. We can cause bands to be loosed if we pray. We can cause people to be healed if we pray. Satan don't mind you praying. He just doesn't want you praying, understanding that you have authority. You have authority in prayer. Brings to my last and final point. I gave you all five points because five is the number of grace. And I want to grace you all with five points. Verse number 11, I end with this. Come on, the minister of music. Verse number 11 says, and when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angels and sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. My final point is this, that prayer can deliver you from the expectation of people. People may be looking at you thinking that you're going to you're going to go under. People may be looking at you thinking that, oh, well, it's, it's over for them and they're not, they won't recover from this one. But there's something about prayer 
There's something about prayer that delivers you from what people expect. Don't, don't live under the expectation of people, under the expectation of man. Here's what the Bible says. The, the Bible says that, that people make their plans, but it's the steps of the Lord that will be established. In other words, make all the plans you want. But what God says, that, that's what's going to go. Listen, look at me, pathway, look at me. Not only does prayer release you from the expectation of people, prayer can also release you from your own expectation of yourself. Because sometimes, maybe, you, maybe, maybe there are times in life where you don't think high, think high enough of yourself. Maybe you think too low. Maybe you don't, you don't understand the authority that you have in your own life. Prayer has a way of releasing you even from your own expectation. When, when I was a little boy, I had very low self-esteem, very low self-image. I didn't think much of myself. I was sharing with Mark and Elena last night that when I was asked to recite Romeo and Juliet in my English class, I learned how to pick the lock on my janitor's closet in the high school, and I would go and hide. I, I, I hid the entire time that we were supposed to recite Romeo and Juliet because I was deathly afraid of speaking in public. I was so afraid to speak in public that in my Spanish class, I came to Spanish class one time and my teacher said, said, well, when you guys come back next week, you have to stand up in front of the class and the class is going to speak to you in Spanish and you have to respond back in Spanish. I don't know about you, but I had a hard enough time speaking in English. I certainly was not about to stand up in front of that class and speak in Spanish. So I would go back to my janitor's closet. If a janitor was there, I would go to the back of the school. I would go back to the, the practice field where the band practiced. And I would put my butt on the ground, put my back up against the school, put my knees up to my chest and pray that nobody walked back there and saw me. I did it for an entire semester. I skipped an entire semester. And I wasn't a bad kid. I was just deathly afraid of speaking in public. But I thank God that somebody was praying for me. Thank God that I had a grandmother who was praying for me. Because my own expectation of myself was too low. I didn't see the value that God had placed in me. Maybe some of you in this room, maybe you're like that. Maybe, maybe, God, maybe God's calling you to a higher level, call, calling you to another level. But you're having a hard time because of your own expectation of yourself. Maybe you've made some mistakes like I have. Maybe you've let some people down in your life. Maybe that's you. And your expectation is I'll never recover. I'll never get back what I lost. But I've got good news for you. Prayer will deliver you. Not only from the expectation of people, but also from the expectation of yourself. Thank God for prayer. Will you guys bow your head? Let me pray for you now. Father, I thank you every person, for every person in this room, every person who's listening, every person who is listening online. I pray, Lord God, that you would ignite the fire to pray in all of us. You said that man should always to pray, not faint, not give up. Father, give us a praying spirit. And when we pray, God, give us what to say when we pray. Father, we pray that you would charge churches in our city to come together and focus our prayers. And we thank you for the day that churches will come together in our city and pray for one common goal. We'll pray for one common thing. But Father, we pray that you give us the thing to pray for. Father, we pray for our nation. God, our children have to go back to school soon. My parents have to make tough decisions. But Father, we pray, God, we, we, do like the, we do like the minister said earlier, God, we lay it at your feet. 
God, you make the decision as for what we are to do with our children. And God, we're just going to wait on your peace. Whatever you give us peace about, that's what we're going to do. Father, we even thank you for this season, Lord God, that people don't know where to look. God, reposition the church. Reposition the church. Give, give the church the answers that the world seeks. Help us to seek your face and not your hand. Help us to seek your face, Lord God, and not, a, not bigger buildings and not more people, Lord God. Help us just to seek your face. Help us to seek you with our whole heart. Father, forgive us if we've been lazy in our prayer life. Forgive us, God, if we've taken our prayer life for granted, if we've laid our prayer life on the shelf and we, 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 we yield prayer at the beginning of a meal or only when we come to church. Father, help us to be more fervent in our prayer because your word promises us that the prayer of the righteous, the prayer of a man or woman who is right with you has much power. Father, we have power in prayer. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer opens doors. Prayers open blinded eyes. Prayer heals the sick. Prayer raises the dead. Thank you, Lord, for the power that you've given us in prayer. Now, God, help us to use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, will you put those hands together and bless, bless our Father. God bless you. Thank you for this time. You receive that word, Pathway. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Pastor Eric. We honor you and Miss Trina. Appreciate your friendship um, so much, more than you know. Um, I want you guys to bow with me, if you would. This morning we had two beautiful souls except Jesus, and so I want to give an opportunity here in this moment. So maybe as you've been hearing Pastor Eric talk about prayer and that relationship with the Heavenly Father, maybe you've kind of realized you're far from Him. You're not where you should be with Him. Or maybe you've never had that relationship before at all. I just want to take a moment just to pray over you. So if that's you in this moment and you'd say, Pastor Mark, I, I want that kind of relationship with Jesus so I can talk to him, so I can hear from him every day. Just raise your hand real quick and I just want to pray over you if that's you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just, as a church family in this moment, we receive your word. Father, we choose not to be distracted, and we choose not to allow this message to fall by the side of the road. But we receive it deep into our heart and our spirit and purpose from this day forward to be the church of prayer, the powerful church of prayer that you called us to be and the powerful people of God you called us to be over our own families and over this community, Father. Help us to take dominion, as Pastor Eric spoke about, to understand that we are sons and daughters of God and we carry your kingdom wherever we go, along with the authority that you've given us as your sons and daughters. We thank you, Father. We just seal this word through the power of your Holy Spirit and every single person said, 
Amen. All right, give Jesus one more big praise. Pathway, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, love you so much. If you need prayer, as Pastor helped me plug a moment ago, then uh, just text prayer to 903-331-0559, and it'd be our honor and privilege to pray for you. Please do that. Please do that. Otherwise, be very safe uh, as you go and come and all the things that you do, but be blessed as you go out and blessed when you come back in. Amen. All right, love you guys, and we'll see you next time. In Jesus' name, amen.